It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Step inside the farm and get to know some of the top prospects in the system. Through exclusive interviews, you can listen to our prospects reflect on their season and goals, share stories, and learn a little bit about who they are away from the diamond. Welcome to the Mets Farm Report Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Suriel. And welcome back to the Mets Farm Report Podcast. I'm here with Riley Gilliam. How are you doing, Riley? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So we can just get it started right now. You got drafted last year in 2018, and you made a pretty big jump over the last year. You got all the way up, up to AAA. What do you think are some of the adjustments you've made at each level? So I think in high A, um, starting out at St. Lucie, uh, it was good for me just because I needed to get, you know, kind of my uh, get grounded a little bit, get my uh, feet underneath me. Um, and I was facing good hitters and they could hit fastball. So really, uh, was an emphasis on my, or I had an emphasis on my off speed there. And then when I got called up to Binghamton, basically that's when I was told. And as I had outings, um, I realized that hitters could put the bat on the ball a little bit better than the guys in high, but they were more, um, attuned to hitting off speed. So you couldn't just throw a breaking ball and some guys might watch it versus, uh, or swing over it. Um, in the dirt. So guys were more disciplined. They would, you know, take good breaking balls and they would hit good fastballs. So basically there's just more of an emphasis on executing pitches um, in the desired locations that I needed to throw them in the right counts. And then when I jumped to AAA hitters, basically that's when you're facing guys who have showtime. Um, you're facing just very experienced hitters um, who've been around a lot longer than I have in the game. And uh, that's when your um, off speed and your fastball or any of your pitches can really get exposed. And um, that's where I kind of, it was a little bit of a rocky start in AAA for me. But I feel like the more time I spent there, the more I kind of started to understand hitters, understand how much more emphasis I needed to put on getting the first strike, getting ahead. And then when I did have two strikes on a guy, really executing a pitch versus trying to, you know, maybe throw my best one. It was more about just executing um, that off speed or that two strike fastball out of the zone to draw a swing. So definitely sounds like a, like a quick learning curve for you. And so you also went to the Arizona fall league this, this fall and you put up great numbers there. Do you think you kind of, you were able to take those adjustments that you made at the end of the AAA season into, in, in, into the Arizona fall league? Um, yes, I really think I did um, implement kind of my mindset towards the end of AAA just because I guess I, I I kind of decided that I needed to think less about putting a lot of emphasis on a lot of different things at one time, basically kind of clutter my mind. I need just, I just need to go out there and pitch and have fun. And that's what I really tried to do because I was around a lot of good guys in the fall league. And, you know, it just the atmosphere was a lot um, was a little bit more loose. And I just my mindset was it was simple. Just go out there, have fun and enjoy the game. I've been playing my whole life. And obviously it kind of showed where with my numbers, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just more of a um, emphasis on executing my breaking ball, like basically leaving AAA and executing that breaking ball that I was talking about with not low intensity, but with just an emphasis on location, less about throwing it as hard or as best as I can. Just executing a pitch. You know, that's what it comes down to is just getting strike one, getting strike two. And uh, if there's some balls thrown in between, it's not the end of the world. Um, Just keep it uh, one pitch at a time, basically. So yeah, the fall league was good. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So after after the fall league, do you kind of take a break or do you get right back to work for next season? So I think it's only right, you know, being my second uh, off season, I kind of I took about a week, week and a half, two weeks to myself, just you know, clearing the mental, letting the physical rest. But now I'm getting back into it. I'm working out and basically going to start throwing program up here soon. So you got to give the arm and the body and the mind a little bit of a rest. But uh, I think you know I can't. I'm not good at sitting still and kind of doing nothing. So <laughs> I always want to be productive, and um, that's kind of where I'm at now. So. Yeah, for sure. And what's one thing that, that, that you're looking to work on this offseason that you can kind of improve on next season? I think that this season, for sure, I noticed that I treated each level, each jump, because it was kind of, it's, it was new to me. And everyone was telling me that, you know, oh, this doesn't happen very often. And I kind of, you know, I might have fell into that a little bit. But I think approaching this next season, the beauty of last season going moving forward is I've experienced at each of those levels now to where my routines that I had set while being there and having to figure that out the hard way, being the first time I was at each lo at each location on each team, it's going to be an easy transition going into the next season. Cause I go to spring training, already done that, you know, go to spring training, you know, work out, we'll build up to spring training, throwing wise, go to spring training and kill it. And then after spring training, whether I fall in high A, double A or triple A, it's going to be, you know, we're hitting the ground running basically. Yeah, definitely. And do you kind of like pick the pick the guys' brains that that get called up and down, kind of like the Drew Gagnos or the Chris Flexons and those guys who who kind of have who serve some time in the bigs? Do you kind of try to pick their brain to see what it's like up here? Yeah, ab absolutely. I um, I took that. That's one of the things I think I took advantage of the most when I was up in even Double A and Triple A. Yeah. Um, but those guys who did have the show time that bounced up and down that were forty man guys. I mean. Those are the guys I tried to just not even talk to, just listen to, you know, or even watch how they went about things, whether it was them getting their workouts in, them, the type of throwing they did, you know, what they worked on during catch play. It was kind of nonstop with uh, the work ethic part for all those guys. And that definitely is something I'm working to, you know, translate into my game, basically, um, into my process and my routine, my throwing. So. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of good stuff that um that I spoke to them about. Yeah, and so now let's come, we're kind of bring it back to your college days at Clemson. You play with a lot of different great players. You even Seth Beer, who's one of the top prospects in the Diamondback system. When you see guys like that 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 are playing at that level, does it motivate you? Does it drive you to kind of be on their level? on an everyday basis yeah i mean me and seth it's funny you brought that him up uh, i actually lived with him when i was in arizona so it was kind of cool to get to you know he was my roommate back in college or best oh, wow. friend of mine in college and then we got we reunited in the fall league and we were living together again not playing on the same team but it was close enough to college you know um the camaraderie and stuff but yeah i mean that's that's what i think the beauty of our relationship was and other guys that i played with is you know seeing where they're at and it's it's a natural competitiveness that i think we all have and i think it was kind of instilled in us at clemson but i definitely i love it you know, I know Seth loves it, and I know all the all the guys we played with um, are have the same mindset. So yeah, it makes the game more interesting. You know, because if you see your best friend is moving up the ranks, I think that it's only natural for you to go, man. I want to either I want to I want to play against him. You know, I want to you know be at his level. I want to you know achieve what he's achieving. It's I think that's natural. Yeah, for sure. And like you, you, so you talk about that and and about your relationship. Any any funny stories about like maybe you and the minors or even when you were roommates with Seth at that point? Oh, oh man, um, I don't know. We we <laughs> we have a lot of we've had we've had many arguments about many like just fun arguments and stuff. You know, kind of rallying each other up. Uh, I I can't think of one on hand, but trust me, 
and just know that there have been plenty of fantastic moments in our friendship and mainly over video games. I'll be honest, we've had a couple yeah. you know, blowouts <laughs> where whether it's been playing Call of Duty, whether it's been playing Fortnite or uh, even Fallout 76, where uh, we're trying to, you know, survive the wasteland together. It's It's been a great time with him. So, yeah. So now even bringing it even further back, you started playing baseball, I'm sure, at a young age. Who inspired you and, and who are kind of some of your bigger influences now, even still in your career? Well, I'd say that, I mean, my dad put a ball in my hand. And then from there, it was kind of, you know, I, I was always told my, or at least my, I don't know if this is a, you know, a, a tall, a tall tale or my parents just being honest with me. But my dad said when he put a ball in my hand at like four, that I was one of the only kids on the team that could, you know, hit you know, soft toss basically, um, or coach pitch. I could hit that when every other kid had to hit off the tee. And I'm not saying, and I could, I had a good, good coordination with catching. So I played first base because kids would throw it. And a lot of kids, I don't think could catch at that age. And I could. Yeah. So hearing that, it kind of promoted me and always kept me working hard to, you know, achieve the best I could be in this sport. And then I don't know, yeah. when I got to high school, I'd say that's when it really clicked for college and professional outlooks on the sport. I'll be honest, you know, Marcus Stroman, I kind of looked up to him a little bit because he was a he's a shorter guy. You know, he's got the whole HDMH thing going. And yeah, I mean, I, I naturally was like, man, this guy, this guy, you know, he's he's awesome. Uh, he really knows how to throw a baseball and uh, make it move and manipulate it and stuff. So he kind of inspired me as a, you know, a shorter pitcher to, you know, work harder than everybody else and trying to kind of prove yourself. And that's kind of what I've been kind of riding that wave ever since, I guess, high school. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And now we're going to kind of transition over to the lighter side of it. If you could face any batter in the bigs right now, who would it be and why? I'd probably have to say, I mean, I'd probably want to face, I would say Trout. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say Trout. And I, I mean, I think it's obvious. I mean, I think he's obviously the best hitter in the game, or at least one of the best, you know, depending on who you, who you ask. And like just from a competitive standpoint, like, yeah, I'd want to be able to face him, not only to say that I faced him, but just to, you know, if that's one of the best hitters, let's see how my stuff plays to it, you know, and it's it's yeah. more of a thing that I can use as a reflection, It would, or at least in theory, right? Yeah. Do you know how you would actually attack him in that at bat? I think I, I picked him over Harper um, because... I'd say that, you know, my breaking ball would probably play a little bit better to, to Trout because maybe it, it looks more on plane and it's coming from, uh, like kind of step across my body. So basically I'd probably run him like I run everybody, you know, just because I don't, I don't like to say that I pitch to an individual batter's weakness. I like to pitch my best game, you know. So if mine yeah. is elevating my fastball up in the zone, drawing two strikes, and then executing my breaking ball down on that same plane, then that's probably what I'm going to stick with with everybody. You know, it seems to be working with, you know, Verlander and with uh, even anybody else who throws, you know, Garrett Cole even, you know, those two guys. So yeah, they do the same thing. They tunnel um, breaking balls off of fastballs, and that's that's my game, so that's what I'd stick with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Also, uh, another question for you. You know, we see a lot of guys pimping home runs, a lot of guys celebrating after a strikeout and doing all types of things. What's your take on that? How do you view that? You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't have the, I guess I don't have the biggest opinion about that. I like to watch both sides of it, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, if it's warranted, it's warranted. And, you know, whether there's beef between a pitcher or an, and a hitter or a team and a team, like, I think it's, it's all up for, um, like every situation merits a certain occurrence of a bat flip, I guess. Cause I don't know. Yeah. So I guess to rein that in, I'd say that I'm pro celebration because yeah. 
yes, we're supposed to respect each other, but there are moments when I think you're allowed to celebrate a little bit more. Now, should it be every single, you know, base hit or every single strikeout? Should you celebrate? I don't know. Probably not. I think you should act like you've been there before a little bit, but there are definitely situations I think anybody, anybody would do, anybody would celebrate in. So, yeah. Nice, nice. And my last question for you is, if you could tell Mets fans one thing about you, kind of you as a player, what they can, what they can expect in the next coming years, what is it that, that, that you are? I'd say that I'm, you know, hardworking, diligent, and I don't make excuses, and that I'm, I'm treating every day like it's my last, essentially, you know, like trying to maximize each day for what it is, for what it's worth, staying in the moment, and uh, that's all I can, I mean, that's all, I'm, I'm going to give what I can. It's Nothing's going to be done at a lower than 100% effort, so. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Riley, thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck going yeah. forward next season, and we hope to see you up here soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, man. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to join us next time on the Mets Farm Report podcast.